Okay, so we are recording. Um, we are here interviewing with uh, Jim Breidinger, uh, the marketing director at the Natural History Museum of Utah, and uh, he's so um, nicely offered to talk with me today about uh, social media museums. So first off, I guess uh, kind of an intro question. Um, Wondering uh, if you could tell us a bit about your professional journeys, um, maybe how long you've been working at the Natural History Museum of Utah, and how long you've kind of been involved with social media and using that as a marketing. Sure. Um, first of all, thanks for having me today. I appreciate this. Um, and I have been at the museum now three years. I just passed my three-year anniversary, which is very exciting. And just for perspective, for the, from the institutional point of view, I guess, um, we're just about to hit our fifth year in our new building. So mm -hmm. um, I've been here for 60% of the life of the new building at this point. Um, yeah. For people who haven't seen our building, it's a pretty spectacular um, structure up on the bench overlooking the Salt Lake Valley. Um, so as far as how long I've been involved with social media campaigns, it really depends on how you define social media. Uh, in many ways, I would say my efforts date back to the early 90s with the dawn of email. Um, of course, email isn't what most people think of as social media, but I did use it in the early days to essentially write blog posts that I would blast out to my um, friends and family. And believe it or not, for quite a while, I got really re um, positive responses um, to these emails, not too dissimilar to getting likes on social media posts today. And that kind of fueled my appetite for telling stories and producing content in, you know, sort of this new digital world we were finding ourselves in. So fast forward to um, the next decade, I, I started blogging um, in the early 2000s. I think it was probably more like 2003 or four. And then I came to um, Facebook in 2008 and Twitter in 2009. And something that was unique for me at that time was I worked for an ad agency, um, and I found myself experimenting with these new platforms for, for some of our big clients, which at the time I worked with the California Department of Conservation. We did a big recycling, statewide recycling campaign. Um, mm -hmm. the Arizona Board of Regents, McDonald's, we did anti-tobacco and other big public awareness campaigns, and I did some political work, too, when I was at the agency. So that's a little and bit about would my... you usually use Twitter and, and Facebook for, um, I don't know, utilizing to kind of spread your, your, your thoughts and words on, on those topics? Uh, for, the, for the clients, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I did. And, and it was interesting because, um, you know, a lot of these bigger institutions were a little slower to adapt. And I was kind of considered to be like at the forefront at that point. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that part of it was kind of fun, but also a little frustrating because, um, you know, I was like, come on, guys, let's get with the program here. Yeah. A lot of people didn't see the value in it at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, that, that's really interesting that you um, kind of started utilizing social media so early on because it's, I think a lot of people involved in, in advertising and marketing probably saw the value in it earlier on than, than other people, but 
um, I guess you'd be a great example of that. So, um, what are some of the other milestones in your career? Well, let me give you kind of the quick overview, I guess, of my career. I graduated with a degree in marketing and a minor in history. So I majored in marketing, minored in history uh, mm -hmm. from Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Um, my first real professional stuff I did was some communications and political work on uh, Capitol Hill in D.C. Um, then my next big phase of my career, I did communications and marketing for Novell, which at the time was the world's number two software company. Um, so we were kind of a big deal back then. I think it's mm -hmm. pretty much gone away these days. Um, I did a detour um, when I was in my early 30s and I got a master's degree in environmental history. Um, so I actually have a true, genuine passion for content, and that's what drove me into that particular degree. Um, I then spent a few years um, teaching at a boarding school and then at a small college. And then I did a major career detour, and I was a meteorite dealer for um, full-time for a year, but I did it for a total of, I think, seven years. Um, and then I started at the ad agency that I mentioned, and now the Natural History Museum of Utah. Huh. It's funny, though, like the dealing with rocks, and, you know, I guess, well, meteorites aren't really rocks, but... Um, yeah, kind of brings rocks, you full rocks in space. So yeah, <laughs> brings you full circle to be working at the Natural History Museum in Utah. That's, yeah, that's and cool. and you know as far as the meteorites, you know, and there's other things I've done that I didn't really mention in that overview. But the thing that drew me to it was the content. You know, the these are fascinating objects from space, and I really got passionate about teaching people about what these things were. And so mostly I was selling meteorites to kind of first-time meteorite buyers mm -hmm. and providing some education for, for what these rocks from space were. So that kind of leads me into my next question of, like, um, I guess, credibility of social media. I think it, its value as, as a marketing tool and a, and a engagement and and even just an education tool um, I think is seen much more by organizations and especially museums nowadays so I'm wondering how much credibility does like the Natural History Museum as an organization give to social media do you have buy-in from your director and boards for your social media programs yeah it's a really good question um, and in general absolutely I do have buy-in um, but it's to the extent that they know I'm active on social media platforms on behalf of the museum. So our executive director and our board, they're not very active on social media. And mm -hmm. even though I've often shared what we're doing as well as accomplishments and, and the broad reach that we, we've achieved through social media platforms, um, with our board and my executive director, who's my boss, um, the reality is that group of people um, – and, and this was true of, the, of many of my clients, as I sort of referenced earlier when I was at the agency, is that mm -hmm. many of the people who are my age or older, and confession here, I was born in the mid-60s, um, mm -hmm. and this is, I think, especially true of accomplished professionals. They're not very active on social media accounts, and a lot of them will really readily admit that they don't get it. And so, like the current – well, I don't want to name anybody in particular. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Well, yeah. 
But there are <laughs> there are people who will say flat out, oh, you know, I'm just not on that, I'm not interested, and that's fine. I mean, it's it's not for everybody. However, mm-hmm. it's really important to point out as our as the marketing director here, um, and this isn't going to be news to you, but people around the world are spending a really enormous amount of time both online, but in particular on social media accounts. So about one mm-hmm. in five minutes that people spend online. Um, are on social media platforms, and so and that's the number one place that people are spending time. That beats out things like radio and podcasts, streaming videos. Um, it's just an enormous um, new space for people to um, be communicating and, and spending time. Yeah. So the shortest answer to your question is, you know, from a marketing communications perspective, the museum is very active, and yes, I, I do have buy-in on what I'm doing, even if not everybody always understands it as well as I wished. Right, but they 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 have a mutual agreement that it's value and it's and it's something that they they feel they should put a budget towards. Or Definitely, do you have... I would say there's, there's a general understanding towards that. Oh, that's awesome. And so, do you guys have a formal media strategy at the museum? Um, so oh, like media... a social media strategy. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we do, and um, so let me to answer that. Just talk about some basics regarding social media strategy for organizations. So the number one thing is you need to get organizational buy-in across different departments. So mm-hmm. your social media presence isn't just for your marketing or your PR department. Um, it's it's for the whole institution. So in our case, the whole mm-hmm. museum. So uh, any good marketing or communications professional always keeps top of mind that their communications objectives do speak for for the broader institution. So that organizational buy-in is important for your strategy. Um, Next thing, you need to really determine goals. Um, So these can include building brand awareness, promoting your organization's mission, um, Mm -hmm. driving ticket sales, driving, you know, and that could be general admission to the museum or specifically to events that we're, we have here. Um, mm-hmm. You have to define your audience, and the audience can vary depending on platform and by post. So yeah. that's something you need to do. And um, then you need a content creation plan as, as well as content guidelines. Mm-hmm. So with all that in mind, when you're talking about strategy and developing a strategic plan, do you want to hear our top social media goals? I would love to, yeah. I, I actually wrote these down. Well, they are written down, but I printed yeah. them out for this. Um, so number one, promote the overall museum mission and brand. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of extrapolate on that a little bit, um, first of all, our mission here at the Natural History Museum of Utah is to illuminate the natural world and the place of humans within it. And everything we do needs to connect back to that, um, including, you know, our brand. And, of course, brand is much more than a logo. It's, it's everything you do that has any contact with your audiences. Mm-hmm. So um, you want to keep that mission and brand top of mind. Um, another goal we have, drive attendance to the museum. We want people to come here. So we use social media to promote awareness of who we are, keep us top of mind for people, um, constantly remind people what we do, 
and what's happening. So, for example, well, I don't want to get too gone too many tangents, but I'll just say, you know, we are the state's official um, natural history museum. We have um, a huge collections area, or 1.5 million objects in our collections, and we have a very active research program. So a lot of that stuff isn't obvious to people when um, they think of us, but it but it's interesting and it and it, and it gives a much deeper. Um, it's a much richer story when you can communicate that stuff. So yeah. another goal: develop and maintain an engaged audience. Um, and it is important to note that not all social media followers are going to be actual visitors to the museum. Mm-hmm. And though we do promote visitation, and that's certainly a big goal of ours, we also recognize that engaging socially is another way to reach people and another way to fulfill our mission. So we can really expand our reach through our social media channels. I have a couple specific goals like, um, and I actually just updated this one for this call. Um, I wanna build our fan base. So on Facebook, I wanna hit um, 50,000 fans by the end of our current fiscal year. And I'd like to get our Instagram account account up to 6,500 followers. Um, How How many do you have now? Uh, we're around 44,000 on Facebook and three or 4,000 on Instagram. Um, That's a good goal, yeah. Yeah. Um, last couple goals, maintain, maintain high audience engagement. So, of course, people who talk about social media will emphasize that, you know, having fans is great, but if, you're not, if they're not engaged, then it's worthless. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do want to expand the fan base, but more importantly, I want to incre- increase and maintain high audience engagement. So mm-hmm. social media is social, and, you know, if people aren't engaged with you, then something's wrong. So, mm-hmm. you know, you need to talk to people, reply to comments and questions, and and, and just have content that people are, are responding to. Um, lastly, promote special events and promote permanent and special exhibits here at the museum. So that's kind of the overview of our goals. Great. Thanks for thanks for going over those with me. Um, and I guess this kind of goes into one of my other questions that I had a little further down my list, but it, it just kind of segues in nicely, but talking about how the museum has all these different departments and programs. You know, you have anthropology, botany, entomology, malacology, which I just had to look up. That was the study of mollusks. <laughs> um, conservation, education, like how do you – decide where you're going to do your social media focus or do you have kind of a a plan for that or is it just kind of as things happen as far as events yeah another great question um first of all i need to point out you missed something very important here which is paleontology um but but the point of your Uh, question is, is excellent because we do you know, people think of us as a dinosaur museum, and our dinosaur exhibits are, are really incredible. But mm-hmm. we're not just a dinosaur museum. We do a lot of other things here as well. So we do have um, a, a very broad scope of work here and and both research and exhibits and things that we're engaged in. So um, this sort of takes me to one of the goals that I had uh, when I started here a little over three years ago. Um, the museum didn't have a blog, and so I wanted to launch a blog to better tell the really fascinating stories of the work that we do here at the National mm-hmm. History Museum, and it spans all those areas that you mentioned. 
Um, so different platforms have different goals, and the blog goals, um, I didn't. They're, they're different than the goals that I just read to you. And so, kind of real quick, our blog goals are to really increase the visibility of the work of our researchers, mm -hmm. have a very strong emphasis on science, um, increase traffic to our website through from search engines, so the whole search engine optimization, and, and doing that by focusing really on um, evergreen content that takes a deeper dive into what the work we do here. And, and of course, by evergreen, I mean and, and I'm really happy because we just launched the blog a few months ago. I want these posts to be as interesting to somebody 50 years from now as they are when we post them. And so I was really fortunate to get a guy named Michael Mazzi uh, to join our staff to, to lead up a blogging effort. And he's really killing it and um, doing a great job. Um, and I definitely encourage you and anyone who might be listening to this yeah. later. To uh, check out his posts, um, almost everything is from him at this point. We do want other um, authors, but the the blog is nhmu.utah.edu slash blog. And again, mm -hmm. nhmu.utah.edu slash blog. Um, lots of great stuff that he's we, – we had, I think I told him I wanted 20 posts to be ready to go before we launched, so we had some good content from the beginning. Um, yeah. Let's see. And how long did you guys uh, work on the the pre-production of, of the blog before you launched it? Well, he he was really good. I mean, he started. Um, I think he only worked for about a month before he had those first twenty posts. Um, oh. And you know, from a content um, strategy, we did have a big hole in in the content strategy and weren't talking about research enough. Um, the, as I post on Facebook and one, one of my, if you get detailed into my um, content guidelines, you know, one goal is to not do like more than 30% of the posts that are really kind of event specific, um, but always have, even on, on Facebook and other platforms, content that speaks to that overall mission of the museum of illuminating mm -hmm. the natural world. And, and we're here in Utah, which is, for, for people who have never been to Utah, it's such a spectacular place um, with the mountains and the desert and the Red Rock country. We have five national parks in southern Utah. And all of that really connects directly to who we are here at this museum. So right. um, hmm. anyway, I'll stop there. I'm starting to ramble. <laughs> um. So I had a question about how do you utilize different platforms for a different focus, but I think you've kind of gotten into a lot of that. Um, and but I noticed that uh, on your Twitter accounts you'll you'll utilize hashtags, um, but not so much on on Facebook or or not and not so much on Instagram either. Um, well, there, I'm double that. So um, it's actually. I, I feel like I use a lot of hashtags on Instagram, but not so many on Twitter. Um, and, and I'm a little bit more active on Instagram, although definitely not as active as I would like. Um, mm -hmm. And I do have a new employee who's um, in my large staff of two full-time people. Um, he is a photographer, and so he hasn't really started to help yet with our Instagram account, but he will be. Um, mm -hmm. On Twitter, I we actually – just wrote a bunch of original posts to drive content to our 
blog, um, ah. which was one of the our bigger efforts in the last few years, really, to have content that wasn't event specific. So, so our original content prior to that on Twitter had been very, you know, like come to this event, don't miss this. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my time on Twitter, I, I maintain, I monitor our account to respond to people, retweet good content when people are tagging us. Um, so I do monitor the account, but I don't, it's a bandwidth issue, and I have I've had a lot less time. Um, right. Manage Twitter, so my focus has been more on Facebook. Okay. And do you, is it just because you feel like Facebook has a better reach for the museum? or Yeah, definitely. It- I think Twitter is great for conversations, for talking to people more one-on-one. And you can really engage influencers in a unique way on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. But to hit those broader audiences um, and also to really hit uh, – well, well, one thing we find is with Facebook especially, um, that they give you tons of good demographic information, obviously, on Facebook. Right. And there's a complete over – you know, what, what's the word? Complete, complete match with – our target market, which is for advertising, which is um, women 25 to 54 with children, and that's those are the people who are primarily following us on Facebook, even though, you know, and it's not always true. Like sometimes with paleontology, you know, it's, that's more appealing to a male audience. But overall, mm-hmm. um, Facebook gives us that reach with that important target market for people who we want to come to the museum. Mm-hmm. And so, and yeah, I mean, the, it, it is extraordinary reach. Um, I'm starting to do, I'm planning to do some better reports that compare our, it's apple and oranges to some extent, but to, that compare our monthly web visitation to our Facebook um, engagement. And mm-hmm. the Facebook numbers are really high, and I, you know, I think right. there's more people seeing us on Facebook than even see us through our website. And then you also said you put a lot of um, energy into Instagram. So, you, again, you feel like that's a, it's a good platform for you guys to utilize. Yeah, definitely. And part of it is I just I love to take pictures. I mean, I mm-hmm. think I'm a decent photographer. And um, this, like I mentioned a little earlier, I mean, our museum, we're up here on this bench overlooking the Salt Lake Valley. At least I think I mentioned that. I can't remember. Um and it's just a yeah, stunning did. setting. The building is stunning. You know, a lot of our objects and exhibits are really photogenic. So, so we are not lacking in in um, fo- fo- photographic content. And mm-hmm. I'll be walking around and see something. And it's like, oh, that's awesome, and I take it and post it. And, I, yeah. and also on Instagram, I do some regramming. Um, there's so many people who are taking stunning photos of um, Utah. And mm-hmm. always with permission, I will um, regram some of that stuff, and we get a good response. And that really does tie well into our overarching mission here. Right, and kind of the, the whole geography of Utah, bringing it back to, to the museum and how it's – that's great. Because, um, yeah, yeah I, I've always found the exhibits the, on all of your exhibitions at the museum really engaging, and you have a pretty robust temporary exhibit schedule. Um, so I'm wondering – 
you know, because you're speaking about just walking around and wanting to take pictures um, and just how visually stunning the museum is. Um, so with your exhibitions, do you, um, is social media a part of that process, planning process? And i um, wondering, like, when in the process does it get considered? And, I mean, do you implement kind of social media marketing into that physical space, like uh, selfie stations or, you know, like us on Facebook signs or any of those? Yeah, we do. Um, so the answer is yes, no, we could do better. Um, yeah, um, so as far as um, promoting our social media um, channels, the places we do that right now are through our website, and they're on, like, the doors of the museum. And then certain ones of our, uh, like, our general museum brochure. As far as on-site signage, um, we've done it. Um, we actually had a kind of a successful, we, well, actually a successful um, push of our social media channels through some signage throughout the museum. I can't mm. remember when that went up sometime 12 to 24 months ago. And it was up mm. for a while, and we definitely noticed um, more mentions and more engagement with our audience. However, the, the hardware we used for the signs was um, actually damaging the walls of the building. So oh, we wow. had to take that particular campaign down, and we haven't really replaced it, which we know is kind of a problem. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we do it. We probably don't. We definitely don't do it as much or as well as we should be doing it. Hmm. Um, but one other thing I wanted to say was thank you for noticing that we um, have a robust um, special exhibit schedule because that, that is yeah. a big part of uh, my job is promoting that stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and it makes for great content for your social media, but, you know, it's it's – Sometimes I, I'm always curious about, um, you know, when people are planning an exhibition, like, do they actually think about, like, where in this exhibit are we going to – do we know is going to be this, you know, optimum kind of selfie moment, and you know it's going to be utilized. Definitely. <laughs> actually, you know what, on our horse exhibit, we actually did create a, a kind of a little stage-like area where people <clears throat> could sit in saddles, and there was, like, scenery behind them, and – and that was something we did with social media in mind. Um, mm -hmm. We do it. We definitely think about it. I wish we did it more. Yeah, yeah. I think it's hard, especially if you're getting traveling shows. You know, they they kind of come with a lot of their designated um, formatting, and so you can't really. That's true, that, and some of them have space to add um, places like this, and some of them don't. And um, yeah. But regardless, I mean, there are things that that. We we need to do more of I think. Yeah, how much time do you put towards social media in a week? Do you, do you, do you think? Um, I would say that uh, it's tough to to know that. Um, probably five to eight hours, but you know it's so woven into everything else I do. Um, right. But I would say that I spend more time working on content for social media than actually our website even. You know, and we spend a, a lot of time um, keeping the website up to date as well. Um, yeah. Although someone else on So you do staff, that in-house? Yeah, yeah. The website? Wow. Yep. Cool. Um, I know that 
I was on your Facebook page um, and I saw that you were using the kind of live video feed that they have available now and you were showing the um, you have the huge uh, wall and it, it's a glass uh, wall that encapsulates um, you know I guess objects that goes up is it three stories it does yeah it's our collections wall yeah and it's it's just so amazing and you guys were uh, taking it down to to re replan the uh, new objects for it and you kind of did a video of that that was really great do you use video much in your social media yeah and it's something that um i've wanted to do another one of the things i've wanted to do since i've been here and facebook live has been kind of fun because it's sort of motivated me to to make it happen so i've been experimenting with it um it's a little tough because you're um it's designed to shoot through your smartphone, and I guess this can be true of any video that you shoot, but sound and lighting are always, you know, big issues and, per, you know, mm -hmm. the production values. Um, and so that's something that we've been working with. And in that video you mentioned, we interviewed Tim Lee in front of our collections wall. He's our senior exhibit designer um, mm -hmm. and a pretty talented guy. Um, yeah. And I was... I was actually holding my phone and I was a little shaky, so a couple people commented, you know, okay guys, you know, nice shaky video there, but we also got a lot of good <laughs> comments as well. And as I as I think I've referenced, one of my new two full-time people, he's a, a guy who was a professional photographer. I've been working with him. Um, he's become sort of the cameraman on some of these shoots, and we've mm. bought some lights. So, like, the last one we did was with a bartender downtown in Salt Lake City who was coming up here for a special event we were doing um, mm -hmm. called Speed Date and Expert. And, you know, we actually took some lights down, and, and it made a big difference. So, right. Um, so do you Facebook think that people kind of – I was going to say, do people ex expect kind of, a, I don't know, a little less production when they see things on social media? Well, that's a good question, and so I think people are a little more forgiving, and social media is such a, these are fast-moving platforms, you want to be able to get content out there, however, you know, if you're an organization, that's not a good excuse for lower production values, although yeah. I guess I use it sometimes. So uh -huh. content's important, and, and like, so that you mentioned that video of Tim, and it was slightly shaky. But it was great content, so I left it up. And then we did one, I think it was after that, with Randy Ermis, our head paleontologist. And we were in our Past Worlds exhibit, and um, the lighting was terrible. But Randy is so well-spoken, and he's so engaging. So we did the video, posted it live on Facebook. And overnight, I was kind of like, oh, man, i got to delete that video. The lighting was so bad. <laughs> and I came in the next morning, and there's all these positive comments, and nobody's complaining about the poor lighting and I was like well you know what the heck I'll leave it up I've, it's always hard to get Randy's Randy nailed down so I can actually interview him but the yeah. next time we interview him we will have better lighting so yeah well and I think um, that's one of the the great things that you can do with social media is kind of that behind the scenes you know people get a peek and get to talk to somebody or or even like you said with Twitter, kind of engage in a conversation um, with somebody that you normally probably wouldn't have access to. So I think videos really kind of add to that, um, you know, adding a human element to, you know, the the the, the screen 
you know, and it makes it much more real and personable. And I think really people tend to like that a lot. I know I do. Yeah, I mean, and that's why the the stuff's popular on social media, and, and that's mm-hmm. why Facebook's really pushing video right now. So yeah, so I noticed um, actually I, after I saw that video that you posted on Facebook with your um, that with your uh, director of exhibitions um, Tim Lee, I noticed that he's very active on social media as well, and he does put a lot of his you know work on on his personal. Um, so that kind of leads me into a question like can, if you want to talk about that intersection of kind of personal social media posts and professional and um, are the staff members encouraged at the museum you work at to share museum-related content on their personal profiles or is it even something that's addressed? Yeah, it is. And um, so um, that's a good point. I mean, social media is social. It's personal. And it leads to this kind of unusual crossover between people's personal and professional lives. And that's an interesting and sometimes a difficult issue to handle. So we certainly encourage staff to share content, um, you know, from the museum's channels. Um, For Mm -hmm. someone like Tim to uh, post that stuff, I think it's great. Um, I wish he'd tag us more, which I probably should just ask him to uh, (laughs) on that lately. Well, I didn't mean to, like, you know, point him out because I, I guess no, he was just more he, of an he actually is one who stands out in my mind well I follow him on Instagram and Facebook we're friends on Facebook mm-hmm. so so I see a lot of his content and it's great um, he's just then, an example I guess yeah, yeah well yeah and he's kind of the only one that jumps to mind at the moment there well, actually there's others um, you also asked I think about like policies we have is that right well I was just wondering if um, like I guess I asked if the the staff members are encouraged to share, and then I guess that would lead to like, do you have a formal employee social media rule or regulations laid out? Or yeah, so so like I said, they are encouraged to share, and um, but as far as rules and things like that, the answer is kind of um, no. Um, mm-hmm. So we're part of the University of Utah, and mm-hmm. we follow their lead on social media policy for you know staff. And and that what they do is you know they do not have specific policies regarding social media accounts, and so you know neither do we. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, um, we have guidelines that apply, and these are kind of informal, but hopefully guidelines that would apply for anybody anywhere. And and that's be professional, don't post confidential information, don't post images of or other information, you know, like unpublished research. So we have mm-hmm. in this building um, new species of, of dinosaurs and other animals that we've found that we haven't announced yet. Um, and so we don't publish anything or leak anything about that stuff until we're, until we're ready, until the studies are complete and a, and a journal article is published. And, you know, then we might right. announce like a new dinosaur species. So, you know, like so one when of the somebody is, is- Somebody's hired on a new employee. Do you kind of go over that kind of uh, regulation or, you know, social media rules with them so that they understand yeah, I'm, that? Yeah, I'm part of the team that leads the new employee orientation, which I think we have one a week here because <laughs> we oh, have wow. so many, like, part-time staff and volunteers. And we do talk about it, and I was actually just thinking about it. Um, I kind of want to add, like, a slide or two um, or a few talking points that, that are missing 
because I think I say them because I'm so active with social media, and, and, and they are there um, in on a high level. But I'd like to I'd like to get those drilled down just a little more in that. Yeah. And then you know sometimes yeah. I'll staff wide emails and ask people to do this or remind people about something. Yeah. You know what not to do. I mean, you know, like we haven't had that problem since I've been here where somebody's posted like something confidential. But, right. you know, it can happen, and a lot of times it's not malicious or, you know, they mm-hmm. you just don't realize, oh, you know, oh, that's something we haven't published yet. So, but especially, like, the paleontology staff, they're pretty vigilant, and so they're pretty good about making sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. I know. It's kind of a, like, as we've mentioned, you know, this kind of whole new world for um, a lot of people. Um, who are in upper levels of of their and you know uh, of their profession and and maybe they're not they're a little bit older or maybe they're not as active on social media and maybe they don't think about you know the longer repercussions of new employees and yeah training them on social media and how much of an effect it has and so I guess it kind of leads into another question I had how do you see social media changing the way museums operate. Um, that's tough to answer. Um, you know, social media, it's changing how everyone operates. And mm-hmm. by that, I kind of mean all of us as individuals. We're yeah. spending, not everybody, but a lot of us are spending an enormous amount of time on social media um, platforms. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, kind of a bigger question than that even here, and it's something that we um, are spending time addressing at the museum, is how do we play in and leverage the many different um, new digital tools that are available to us? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, right now um, it's so right now it has changed how we operate in that it is an important part of our communication strategy, strategy, yeah. as well as a big extension of our audience. Um, and it, as I think I mentioned earlier, it's a different kind of audience. Um, so, um, it, yeah, it's changing museums. It's kind of changing everything. As far as museums, one thing I kind of wanted to mention um, that, that separates us and I think will continue to separate us is um, we have actual things here to do, to look at, um, you know, including – say, an object like a recreation of a Utah dinosaur, like Utah Ceratops, um, or Lythronax, one of our cool new dinosaurs. We have actual fossils that we found and study, and people can look at those and sometimes touch those. We have anthropological objects that have been left behind by Utah's ancient peoples, you know, pottery mm-hmm. and lots, lots of really cool things. Uh, we have well-designed exhibits that tell stories in unique ways, and, and we provide interactive experiences to people. All of those things are actual physical experiences that people get by coming to the museum. Um, and that's always, I think, going to be powerful and unique for museums. But social media platforms um, uh, are great to tell stories in new ways and to reach these new audiences. So, yeah, social media has, is changing museums. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of by extension, you know, it's it's a new way to tell um, these important stories that that we exist to tell. Yeah. yeah, and thinking about like new social media platforms and like whether you 
yeah, how do you leverage that or whether you take that on as another <laughs> platform to, to, you know, be updating daily. I mean, there's ones like Snapchat that have become really popular and they actually probably, I think, lend themselves pretty well to museums. But I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I mean, definitely. So. You know, but it's hard to, to know when to kind of, I guess, jump on the bandwagon and, and take that on. Yeah, and, and for me, as the marketing director here, a lot of it is, is a bandwidth issue. I mean, I already mentioned Twitter. Like, I have a lot of experience with Twitter and, and actually, you know, really using it for, for clients for, in my previous mm-hmm. job. And we definitely use it here, but not as much as, as we could. And it's mm-hmm. pure bandwidth. And, you know, you mentioned Snapchat. It's an mm-hmm. important platform, especially for younger people. Um probably in their teens and 20s, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, it doesn't have the reach of Facebook, but in some ways, you know, you could make an argument that it's, it's maybe more important for some of that, some of those younger demographics. Um, yeah. We're part of the University of Utah, as I mentioned, and they have a great social media team that's kind of campus-wide, and they have a couple of, uh, of women who um, are sort of the Snapchat experts for the university and um, we've had them up here a couple times. So in some ways, you know, we have engaged through Snapchat, but I'm not personally, on behalf of the museum, I'm not managing a, a right. Snapchat um, account for us. Yeah. And of course, there's lots of other platforms too. Yeah, yeah. Periscope and Pinterest and, I don't know, yeah, it goes on and on. <laughs> yeah, we actually and I have you- a Pinterest account, but um, and I think we might even have a Periscope account, but we're very inactive with those accounts. Yeah, and I noticed you guys have your own YouTube channel as well. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, we definitely use that. It's more of a repository for videos. And, right. and then Facebook is encouraging you to really have your videos native to their platform. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes we'll post videos in both places. So, um, yeah, YouTube is another place where we are. And, and as I kind of references it when we talked about Facebook Live, um, video is such a great and powerful tool for telling stories. But, you know, for an organization like ours that does have high standards and, and always wants to present ourselves well, um, I don't want to just be too sloppy with videos. And so, right. like, in some ways I am a little – I hate to say this out loud, but I am a little bit more flexible with myself on, on Facebook Live, partly because it's new and we're just kind of learning it. But mm-hmm. on YouTube, like, I don't want to post lousy videos on YouTube because they live out there. And, you know, I think, well, they live on Facebook too, but they live out there for a long time. So you, so that quality issue is, is important. Yeah. The search you know, the search engine capabilities to for for the reach on YouTube, I think, for some reason, in my mind, I'm not, you know, like I don't have a ton of experience with um, all these platforms and how their, you know, tech, like their tech is laid out, but it seems like YouTube is a much more, I don't know, it's reach in, in um, when you do search engines is much more powerful to find those videos. And so, like you well, said. Well, it's owned by want... Google, so, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> So what is your preferred social media platform like? Uh, definitely I spend too much time on Facebook. In fact, I did a blog post on that um, 
couple years ago where I'm like, all right, I'm taking a Facebook holiday because I was wasting so much time on Facebook. But um, <clears throat> I, I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time on Twitter, um, but Facebook is definitely my number one. Yeah, and that seems to be for and both like work Instagram and personal, well. huh? Pardon? And that's on work and personal, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. As I mentioned, I think, <clears throat> I mean, it is the number one platform out there, and yeah. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, and we get this incredible reach through our Facebook efforts, and and I feel like yeah. the energy that I've put into building up our platform. I mean, we had fewer than ten thousand fans when I started three years ago, and now we're at like forty-four thousand. And not only that, our engagement is high, and so. I used to one of the things I used to watch. Facebook lets you watch other people's pages and mm-hmm. gives you some of the statistics. And again, I won't mention specific institutions, but some really, really big national museums, they would have you know way more you know fans or likes than we do on Facebook, like some of them like pushing a million or something. But then, as a percentage of those fans, their engagement was pretty low. Some of the pages that I was following, for a long time that was true, and now they seem to be doing better. And Of course, they have a lot Mm -hmm. of resources in those bigger bigger museums. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway. And so you don't see any other social media platforms coming up and going to take over and be the next Facebook in popularity and staying there? Well, I'm not going to be a prognosticator on that. I mean, (laughs) just – the social media world remains fluid and fast changing. I mean, I don't know how old Snapchat is now, but I think it's just a few years. And, um, you know, well, and then Facebook does new things like Facebook live. And, and Mm -hmm. so it is changing fast, but I'm not going to sit here and predict what's next because I couldn't have predicted hardly anything that's happened in the last five years. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely hard. I mean, I will go out on a limb and say, you know, I think Facebook's going to be pretty dominant for a while. But, yeah. you know, maybe not forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably not. Well, forever. was there any, any questions that you had or thoughts that you want to add? Yeah, a couple things, I think. Um, first of all, um, for me, and I think for a lot of us, social media, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's changed the world quite a bit in a really short period of time. Um, It's based on many people, and that includes organizations like us, communicating to many people. And we can do this in ways that were never possible before. Um, And this is a different paradigm in communication. So in the 20th century, you know, mass communications came along first with radio and then both radio and TV. And it was based on communicating from one one kind of entity to many people. And so you had fewer broadcasters reaching huge audiences. Mm -hmm. But today we're all publishers, we're all broadcasters, if we choose to be. And the media world itself is fragmenting. Um, And that change uh, comes with good and bad consequences. Um, And a lot of people talk about these things. Um, From organizations' point of view, whether you're a nonprofit like us or um, a, a consumer-facing brand or whatever you are, business-to-business even, um, organizations, they need to focus on quality and they need to remember who they are when they're communicating 
on social media or any communications yeah. platform. And so as far as the Natural History Museum of Utah, we're an organization committed to eliminating the natural world and the place of humans within it. And I really hope that that comes through in our social media efforts. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it does. And in, in all of the platforms that I've looked at, you know, that you guys are on and, and what you're putting out there, I think I think you do a good job of that. And um one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you and, and you know, for this course. Um a lot of people in this course are um you know, social media users and they, they understand the platforms, um, but kind of how you build a strategy and think about it in terms of leveraging it for a museum. And then also keeping in mind, because it's a museum and it's a place of engagement and education and it's there for the public, it's kind of like this different, a little bit different angle, I think, than for-profit. But um, that's kind of a lot of what the course has been talking about and um, kind of how to go about creating the strategy for, for a museum. So it's been really um, great talking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Well, yeah, I was happy to get your email, and and, um, and I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Great. Well, thanks again. Um, so I'm going to stop recording. Okay. Well, have a